0: Yes, everyone start recording so we can start making jokes. Nobody say anything funny until everybody's recording. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 239 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Apple. With me is Lee McLeod. Oh, hi, Chris. Oh, sorry. I should have said hi, Lee.
1: No, it's fine.
0: I, I got it. <laughs> just you know, you do you do 239 episodes. You change one word, everything just like goes out the window. I I need to be greeted. Yeah. Yes. Well, greetings to you, <laughs> Lee. Uh, also joining us is friend of the show, Jarvis Peabody. You. Hey, yeah. Jarvis.
2: Wait, why Peabody?
0: That's your middle name, right? Peabody? No,
2: it's not. It's funny that you brought this up because uh, (laughs) if you remember the Allied Strategies podcast...
0: I do remember the Allied Strategies podcast. I told them
2: to guess my middle name starting with a K or hard C sound Mm -hmm. every episode until I finally just told them.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not really interested in playing that game yeah now okay. there's a whole
1: podcast adventure for anyone who knows needs to need needs to know Jarvis's middle name
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yes. if if anybody uh comes back with Jarvis's middle name from that episode of the allied strategies podcast uh, I'll send you a playmat. I'll, I'll do that <laughs> Jarvis you're not eligible sorry
2: okay I don't need another playmat either so. <laughs> yeah
0: that's that's true uh so Jarvis we got you here an audience we got jarvis here uh because we got the organized play announcement and we wanted to make sure to get somebody on who has spent some significant pt time to give that perspective in addition to our own as general competitive dudes who will play ptqs when when they can and also because we like hanging out with jarvis so hey jarvis hey i see how it is I'm going to run through the basics of the structure just for anybody who did not get that. And then we can give our initial responses to it. And then I've sort of organized some topics based on the like individual things that we were hoping to see in a new organized play system and how well or how poorly they managed each of the things. Uh, And I mean, spoiler like they, I think they managed most of the things we were looking for pretty well. This is an announcement that, exceeded our admittedly low, at least my admittedly low expectations for an organized play announcement.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't I didn't have high hopes either, but, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this is a real, like, light at the end of the tunnel kind of announcement, I felt like. Like, my, my heartbeat sped up as I read this thing because I was very excited for what it is. But, I mean, so basic rundown, Pro Tour is back. They are calling it the Pro Tour. It is a paper tournament that will happen three times a year uh, with total prize pool of $500,000 each time. The system for qualifying this is a pyramid, a pyramid scheme, if you will, with local qualifier events that are run in WPN stores. WPN stores can run one per season. Premium stores can run two per season. Those qualify you uh, for your regional championship. And the world is split up into, I think, 10 regions, and there's a regional championship, or in the case of Canada, two regional championships each season, and those are, you know, large Tournaments with $130,000 total prize pool that qualify some number of players in them, depending on the size of the region, for the Pro Tour. Then the Pro Tour is one level above that. So each Pro Tour has one set of regional championships that qualify you for that. And then there's Worlds Above the Pro Tour, which is a 128-person tournament. People get invited through finishing top two at one of the regional championships or by doing well at the Pro Tour. Basic takeaway from that is we're really emphasizing paper play here and it is a circuit that is built from qualifying in your local store to play in a regional championship to play in a pro tour and they're using the word pro tour which feels real good to say
1: yeah it's got a nice new logo and everything
2: it's almost like they regretted letting it go and watching flesh and blood take the name and watching it look i that was like I don't know this might be my personal like pet peeve i really think no one actually said the other names out loud like before deciding it was a good <laughs> idea
1: i mean they they had they've been planning out stuff out like in tandem with arena right so they were just all hyped up on their esports and they couldn't see past their own esport blinders
0: see but also like yeah, probably they didn't say them out loud because like players tour doesn't sound good, mythic championship doesn't sound good, but they also like definitely didn't spell them out either because the mythic championship hashtag that when you jam it together just looks like it says like my thick ham, like <laughs> I don't I don't know that that was what they were going for either.
1: I I liked it when they the hashtag for I think the first couple was just like hashtag mtg001 or something like that oh yeah that was <laughs> terrible
0: i mean on that note we are explicitly no longer esports the mtg esports twitter account has been renamed to play mtg and we have like really stepped away from any sort of esports branding or focus which i think is a pretty clear admission that that's just not what magic is this isn't a uh, we're not we're not going to become one of the what was the goal like top five top 10 esports in the world or something like that by now is what they were trying to do when they first set out it's just not not what magic's about and not what people who play magic are like particularly interested in pursuing i think
1: so yeah yeah it's i think it's really good and one of the things that gives me a little bit of hope but and yeah, you can still qualify and stuff through MTG Arena for these Pro Tours, but I'm wondering if like arena-only tournaments are just dead in the water because I don't remember reading anything about them other than the set championships are just like being discontinued. Yeah, I mean they don't seem to be incorporated into the system, but I, there's
0: I seem to remember some amount of hinting at like there may still be arena tournament type things. At least the opens and stuff I assume are going to continue happening.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm sure, but I, I, I liked, for a lot of the areas that's really hard to travel from, stuff mm-hmm. like Southeast Asia and South America and parts like that, they could just play digital magic and get into the big digital tournaments. Right, I think that was like really good. Yeah, for all, for pretty much everyone, even though like a lot of people bash it for not being the Pro Tour, a lot of people just don't have the money to travel and they're not giving out plane tickets anymore. Yeah. So I liked seeing the large digital tournaments Mm -hmm.
2: yeah my my issue with the large digital tournament given the one i played was arena still has a lot of bugs in it and it's not very friendly if your internet is bad because you're very likely to just like time out and take a loss like here and there the way the administrators have handled it in the past is not friendly to the players and i don't really think they can do that and so i think we're just stuck between a hard or a rock in a hard place for that sort of thing. I mean, I do agree it's more convenient for those like Southeast Asia players or like South Africa or whatever, you know, remote destination. But the reality is tournament integrity was not the best on that client is how I would put it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair. And it's, it's not like arena is the paragon of digital magic either. Right? It's, right. There's so much wrong with it. There were bugs in the last of championship. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just that there was
0: one clear advantage to having the competitive scene on a digital platform, which was that there are players who are good magic players who are heavily invested in magic, and this gave them opportunities that they, I'm not sure that they're going to have going back to a system that is, in many ways, kind of similar to the old system.
1: And to, like, kind of dovetail this arena conversation they did say there's going to be paths to qualify for the Vapor pro tours Mm -hmm. through arena Mm -hmm. but they haven't yet announced exactly what those are yet Uh, they said there'd be a follow-up announcement later in april with a lot more details and and they
0: did say that there would be routes to qualify through arena that are not ladder focused as well and that is really nice to hear
1: Uh, yeah the (laughs) That statement is nice to hear, but like saying it like that leads me to think that, wait, are there ways to qualify through ladder? Because I don't like that. Well, they're probably going to keep
0: some semblance of the finished top 1200 and then you get to play in a qualifier Qualifier, weekend.
1: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see when that trickles down to us. Yeah. So
0: on my list of like stuff that I was hoping for from an announcement, just to like run through that quickly and then you guys can add, you know, things that you're hoping to see, but things that I, kind of had on my my wish list were hopefully returning to calling it the pro tour i mean check like we don't need to go into detail on that they did that Uh, i wanted an emphasis on paper play if possible i wanted a clear on-ramp and like connection from just you know players to the scene a, a clear route to get there but keeping it like rooted in local play somehow i want accessibility to players and then i wanted like an aspirational aspect to it, that there's something you're working towards that is good, that is worth this time that you're putting into. So, you know, just those are the things that I was looking for. I don't know if there were other aspects to it before we delve into how well they did on each of these, like, arbitrary metrics that are things that CCR wants. But I don't know if you guys were thinking of other things you were hoping to see in this announcement. Uh,
1: I I can speak for myself because I'm on the more not as... Focused on climbing the pyramid side of things, Mm -hmm. I honestly just wanted a lot more local events to play in, yeah. That mattered that people would try in. That's like pretty much what I wanted from Mm -hmm. all of this, and I mean they knocked it out of the park in that regard. Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I remember when the so-called old PPTQ system was introduced. A lot of people didn't really like it, actually. So. I kind of think it's funny that it's evolved to the point that like a lot of people are rose covered for that. Then they're gonna just remember the misery of like losing in the finals of an event like five times in a row and never being qualified. <laughs> like, so, like I, I mean, obviously it is what it is. This is how they chose to make the system. <clears throat> but I do think it's interesting that people seem to have forgotten about that aspect of it, and there's like not really like a consistency measure that accounts for that stuff. Yeah, I guess they That's didn't true. really want to like put that in place or figure out how to put that in place. It's a lot of work.
1: and I i could be biased because I i did like the PPTQ system, but I didn't like that. Was a time where I was working a lot of weekends, so I would be able to play in a PPTQ and I'd usually do pretty well in them, and then I would just not go to the RPTQ. I see because <laughs> I just wouldn't have time. and. I, I still like enjoy being able to travel to things mm-hmm. and I, maybe it's just cause I did well is why I liked them, even though I know it's not like I didn't have to participate in RPTQs Cause I just, I just couldn't. Right. So I didn't have to go through like a, all right, got to win a tournament to qualify for another tournament, then get to the top four of that tournament to, to go anywhere else from there. So yeah, I, I can get that.
0: Yeah. And I Jarvis, I agree with that completely like that was one thing that I was hoping to see is some sort of like local points system to because I have had multiple PTq seasons where I top aided four or five like like four or five weekends in a row and just like couldn't finish any of them and then it was just like boy I really didn't didn't spend my time wisely or my luck points wisely on these weekends and it would be nice to have some sort of net there to catch people who, who do well a bunch of weekends in a row, but can't quite get that first place, which is really all that matters. I do think the sting is lessened a little bit because the the annoying part of the PPTQ system is when you did get there, what you got for your first place was you got to go to the, RP, the RPTQ. So you got to go to this different store that maybe you played a PPTQ at before, maybe it was a little far away, and you get to play kind of a another podunkish tournament as your prize and like you get your hundred dollar promo but it's not the rptqs weren't a thing it's just another tournament it's just a
1: second tier ptq right
0: yeah and and there wasn't like an excitement to oh yeah time for the rptq and i'm hoping that because this is a real thing it's you know go get to atlanta go to dreamhack play this tournament at dreamhack is the regional championship and play for money and see people there and i'm hoping it feels like oh yeah i qualified for something like when i do spike that pptq like it was worth it in a way that the rptq like kind of wasn't
2: yeah this this event's definitely much bigger it feels much more like in between like RPTQ and Grand Prix for whatever it's worth. And like the the US one's kind of weird. There's 48 slots for qualification. So like if you Mm -hmm. top 48, which is a very peculiar number, but I I assume they just calculated how many slots that they would have, you know?
0: Yeah, so they divided up the slots by region and like different regions get different numbers of slots in their qualifiers. Uh, The 48 is only for this first one. And then after that, I think it's going to be 32 slots.
2: Oh,
1: okay.
0: The numbers are kind of weird though. And so the regions seem to have been chosen pretty exclusively for geographic reasons and like travel reasons. Like one of the regions is Canada. One of the regions is Brazil. And then one of the reasons is South America, not Brazil. And I think that's because Brazil is very large in traveling like from other parts of South America to Brazil is is kind of difficult. But then at the same time, one of the regions is Europe, the Middle East and Africa, which I guess is a nod to like, there aren't that many competitive magic players in Africa, but that is a a third of the world population in those three regions. And, and so like, if we were giving slots by, Population size, since Canada is getting 16 slots, then Europe, Middle East, Africa would get 900 slots if it was equivalent for population, (laughs) which obviously the magic playing population is a different percentage of each, but it is a funny comparison. What I do like here, compared to certainly compared to MPL days, and even really compared to like the PPTQ system. It is very clear how to get started and how to get to the pro tour and how to play competitive magic. And I think that there's a lot of a lot of credit that I have to give for like making a structure that you can just like look at and parse and not have to like keep track of seasons and keep track of points and figure out what each like acronym means and stuff.
2: Yeah, so I think uh Huey said in the stream he did last Thursday that this all this stuff was in the works by the time you got there. You just you know helped hammer out the details because mm-hmm. obviously he's been involved in quite a while. He knows it probably more at the top end rather than the bottom end, if I had to guess. But you know, yeah, true. He he, he does understand like what the top end people want, and like obviously they're not going to get everything they want because I think the goals are different. I think really they're just moving away from the goal of okay, we have these established pros that always have to be there. I think they're kind of moving away from that, if if I had to guess.
0: Right. I mean, they said on the stream explicitly, like, uh, we don't have a goal of allowing people to make a living from tournament winnings, which is a pretty big move away from we will pay these players a salary to play Magic. And as Dom pointed out on the dive down this past week, uh they said, you know, players are going to have to supplement that income with content creation and stuff, which is kind of funny in light of like Star City,
1: the oh, yeah. most
0: stable place for a a a magic a competitive Magic player to find employment, just like no longer being that right now.
2: I, I wonder if SCG is going to end up regretting that, actually. I'm not sure. I mean, they still have a few people who write like some small competitive stuff, but really they did like trim all of the expensive people, right?
0: I think it's pretty much Dom on the competitive side of things, and that's almost it now. Like, money is money, and I don't think that they, even if people are, like, a little peeved with them, if they decide to bring that back, I don't think people will, I don't think they'll have trouble finding people who are good at magic and good writers to get paid money to write articles for them again.
2: Yeah, I mean, a little bit of trust might be lost. You might not be able to get, like, the Mm Apollos back or whatever, because, like, they basically got fired very, like, suddenly is my take on the situation. Like, they had, like, a month, but a month is not a long time to, like, try to adjust, you know? Well, and I, I mean, I think that the the thing that
0: makes it tough is, like, it's not, like, getting let go as, uh, you know, an accountant or from your work at a bank or something where it's just like, well, okay, I'll go apply to these other places. Like, where the hell else do you apply to be a magic writer? this there's not very many venues to do that in
1: apparently the answer to that was patreon for a lot of people
0: yeah i mean it you know we did a whole episode about this sort of thing because it's mm. it's tough it the, the question the answer to the question isn't clear but so the the solution that they have for you know there's no pro player clubs it's not supposed to be like a lifestyle that i make my living by winning at magic the gathering Uh, the solution that they do have for like staying qualified beyond just if you spike every pro tour you get to play in the next pro tour uh so they have this rolling uh match point total uh it's they they use adjusted match points and basically if in the past three pro tours you have a total of 39 adjusted match points and you calculate those by taking your match point total from a pro tour subtracting nine from it and then you add those together. As long as you have 39 points total from the last three, then you're qualified for the next one. I have heard a little bit of confusion about using the adjusted match point total, but I think it's pretty clear. Like, they don't want to, they don't want you to be getting too much credit for a 3 3 finish, giving you like half as many points as a six win pro tour or whatever. And also, the incentive, I think it's like really kind of kafka-esque to incentivize a player to keep playing in a pro tour when they're like oh four can't make the next day but they like have to play every match because they they need the points for their like adjusted match point total <laughs> so i think it's actually like a, a decent way of of counting those points that's i hadn't thought about that that's pretty funny
2: so for us, sort where of 13 or the the 39 mark is equivalent to a 10 6 plus a 9 yeah. 7 or 11 5 plus an 8 8 and I would say 11.5 is a very good finish. 10.6 is a fine finish. And 9.7 is a slightly above average finish. So, like, mm-hmm. there was some thought put into that exact number, I feel like. that That's for two PTs. For three, it's like, if you somehow manage to get to all three and you just, like, get four wins or five wins in each of them, you're, you know, above the three wins, you're, you're set, you know?
0: Right. I think that the adjusted match point total only really comes into play if like at least one of those PTs you finished well enough to qualify you for one more right. and then you can start adding things together cuz i think it's really hard to like spike three qualifications through the PTQ through through the qualifier system and then add those together i think that's really tough especially because then that means that none of your finishes were 10 10 wins or more which gives mm-hmm. you a free qualification uh, if you don't have any 10 win finishes then are you actually going to be adding your points up to 39 right. probably not i got
2: it I got it. This is the Stannerson clause.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It,
2: I'm, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit tongue-cheek. For those of you who don't know, Stannerson is a friend of mine from Washington, D.C. He loves Magic Online, and he has one good like RPT finish right before like the world shut down at RPT Phoenix, but generally, I would say he was not satisfied with most of his PT finishes. But he uh please a lot of mt joe and qualifies a lot off of mt joe so <laughs> yeah <laughs> joking jokingly this is the Sanderson clause personally i used to qualify a lot i'm not sure how good i'll be at it anymore because i haven't like there's rust like and also like playing local events is very different than playing like against high caliber opponents there's like actually yeah. a difference i feel mm-hmm. like like you just have to adjust your play in like weird ways like You know, I I could probably write a dissertation about that, but it's not worth it here.
1: (laughs) Yes, because so you you automatically get to the pro tour again if you get ten wins Mm -hmm. in the the pre in the previous. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's really just to stop like the the Josh Cho effect, uh, you know, second in one pro tour not on the yeah. next one after that
2: <laughs> well, th- yeah th- the fact that that was like seasonal slash yearly made it happen like that yes and now now that's rolling i think that's kind of difficult to have ha- yes Have happen anymore
0: there, there's a couple of cool things here going on because it's rolling and not seasonal and that there's there's only one number like you don't need to keep track of pro points and stuff so, either sorry. When there were pro points and there were the seasons, and at some, at some point they did implement rolling totals, which <laughs> got pretty confusing, actually, yeah, for a lot did. of people to track those. Uh, but before that, it was like, okay, if I want to make gold this year, I need to qualify for the first pro tour of the season. And the qual- getting on the tour earlier in the season was so much more valuable. Qualifying for the last pro yeah. tour of the season was like basically worthless if you were trying to make a go of it and we don't have that also i think it's reduced the number of matches where one player Mm -hmm. has just a ton on the line a ton of equity on the line and the other player has like kind of nothing when a player is one match away from platinum status and their opponent is you know this is just a pro tour for them and there's they're not really playing for anything besides the pro tour prizes then one player has like 30 grand in equity on the line in yep, a match that yeah. the other player doesn't
2: yeah that leads to skewed incentives slash uh, i would c- call it um under the table handshakes is probably the best way of referring to it well
0: that sounds really filthy but
2: no uh, it's not it's just it's in theme of new capenna which is a bunch of mafia <laughs> families they just do deals under the table like you know Maybe there's, I don't know. And
0: under the table, handshake just really sounds like code for a foul sex um, act to me. But. I, I
2: see. I see. I did not mean it that way. I was referring to the underworld. Um, j- Joking aside, I think the, personally, I'm sad that Grand Prix have like taken an L, but I understand why they didn't want to do it because they, they sort of made the point that, all of the third party vendors are handling that sort of role, and they didn't have to do that anymore. Or the other implication was if you check the fine print closely, they said we view magic fests as conventions, and there will not be much competitive play access through them. Is yeah. I think th- 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 those were the it was something like that some paraphrasing like that.
1: I I actually think that's what Watsy should do because. Uh, like grand breeze the main event at the the magic fests it was like pretty clear when they were going on that it wasn't that important for the event <laughs> a well, lot like
0: a lot more people grinding side events and walking away with like boxes from the prize wall and looking like they were having a better time than me who spent a hundred dollars and i'm like four and two
1: and i'm like ah, what am i And here? there's like a million commander players because they've always got commander events of the thing there's right. cosplayers it's just it's just like there's, like, right. 5,000 people at the Grand Prix, but only 300 are actually playing in the main event or whatever. Numbers are fake, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, those the, main, the GP main events got pretty gigantic towards the end of...
2: 2014? Uh... Like, well, like, GP 2014 New Jersey, you know, the Legacy one where I think they had, like, a server crash for, like, mm-hmm. an hour. Uh, that one was, like, 4,000 people, so... I kind of wonder how many people were in that building total if there were 4,000 just in the main event.
1: Yeah. Probably yeah. a ton.
2: Also, that site sucks, but we probably never <laughs> go back there, so it's it's fine.
1: So I think Magic Fests will probably continue, but it's almost certainly gonna be off the back of like Star City, Channel Fireball, those kind of mm-hmm. uh vendors. And they're all I guarantee right. they're just gonna be like casual events.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, there's definitely a loss. We we don't really have the, you know, it was cool to go in a GP and you're playing and you see like, oh, there's Reed Duke, like, yep, uh, playing in the same event as I am because it's like we both have incentives to play in this event and that's neat. I wonder if the regional championship will help take the place of that, but you do have to qualify for that, obviously. So, yep. uh, it it's not quite the same thing. But I will say that they never quite figured out GPs and like what place they should have in the competitive system. And there was always kind of a, like they were doing what they could to incentivize players to play in them. And either there wasn't a good enough reason to play in GPs, or there was just barely a good enough reason to play in GPs, which led to a bunch of players having to fly around to these like really low EV events and just like burn a bunch of weekends and Burn like, out, yeah. yeah, and just just burn out because they're doing these things that like end up not being that fun when you do them over and over and over again for not that much, n- not that much payoff.
2: So I I can speak to that. They tried to fix it a lot of ways. They weren't ever really successful. At the very beginning, when Scaffelius brought up the idea of a pro tour or even like the Circuit Grand Prix, his thought was, okay, how do we keep the pros coming to these events without actually giving them money? Mm-hmm. his solution was to give them buys because buys are basically like fake money right like just it's equity i mean obviously it's not the same like i'm sure all those players would have preferred money but they're more likely to show up throughout the years of the grand prix system like they tried capping it so like your five best finishes count or like at some point they removed it then like i think kibler complained about it because he was like yeah i have to play like 12 grand prix and like three months or something like that that's that's ridiculous or something like that
0: yeah and so now rather than trying to like fix the GPS incorporation in the the pro system they've kind of said no let's let's just kind of give up on that and I mean ultimately like players who are capable of staying on the the pro tour and playing on the train like they've got six major tournaments a year to play mm-hmm. it now and I think that sounds like a pretty doable thing and and also like a a decent number of of Mm -hmm. tournaments to to play in and for people to watch and stuff hopefully there's more stuff to watch because i don't really want Mm -hmm. one tournament every two months on average to watch coverage of but we'll we'll see
2: that that's kind of an issue i kind of wish there was like some sort of you know like recurring event maybe it doesn't have to be like grand prix style i mean obviously like the problem is the SUGs like seg decide not to go that route to like watch even though like people are obviously doing like backpack coverage or whatever mm-hmm. but i think it's um i mean i applaud those people i applaud their efforts it definitely has a very different feel to it than like an official broadcast where you see like patrick and cedric oh like, definitely you know like these these guys i'm just gonna say it all right i think they're the like best two like they're the best duo in the industry by so much and it's just kind of sad that like they they aren't going to really do their thing unless if like Wizards decides that they want to hire them, which, you know, fingers crossed, right? Watsy
0: never messaging Patrick. I was shocked when I found out that that's why we never had Patrick on Watsi coverage is like they never reached out to him to hire him. I assumed that he had just like turned them down because he like didn't want to for whatever reason. Because but he's it old is... and grumpy just <laughs> shocking to me yeah i mean patrick does what he wants so i yeah, would not put it past does, him to was. just be like i don't really feel like doing that
2: i i think uh for him the pro tour is special in a way that like i mean he's grumpy and all he's like kind of jaded but i think there's something different about mm-hmm. that like it was it's part it's such a critical part of his childhood or whatever you know that i think he would make an exception for that even if like you know he would definitely bitch about like the traveling or whatever you know because yeah, he's old and grumpy now
0: but he'd get to do it with Cedric, which he loves to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it was shocking to me that they have never asked him to be on Pro Tour coverage. And I just can't fathom that decision-making process.
2: They, they can finish their day one coverage, go to some like shitty chain restaurant, order something and complain about how bad it is because that's, that's their MO from what I can tell. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but I, I do hope... And I was listening to Cedric's podcast where he got a couple of the dream hat guys on, and there is going to be coverage of the regional championships nice. as the u s okay. ones. Hopefully there's coverage of other regions regional championships and I don't know exactly how the dates of all of them line up, but that could give us at least a few good weekends of coverage added on, but nothing yeah. like having scG every like right. more than every other weekend
1: well i I think the like, uh coverage for regional tournaments does a lot to lend it a lot of, like, credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, e- even though the system does that itself, it always feels way more special when there's, like, a big event with a good prize pool and there's coverage. Yep. It feels like it's something you definitely look forward to It makes it more special.
2: Yep. It was kind of interesting for these last set of RPTs before the world shut down. The fact that Brussels and Nagoya were a week before Phoenix actually warped our testing personally because they're like what what like and i think that might just happen again based on schedule like what's the point of practicing constructed if these tournaments are actually going to set a metagame like you're actually just better off just like drafting 120 times or whatever because then like i I frankly believe that at that level it's actually easier to get an edge and draft because everyone essentially has like a fine constructed deck is how i would put it nowadays right
0: especially if like in that specific scenario, worst comes to worst, you just take a top eight deck from the week before and play that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I did that. It was honestly like only okay because the meta had like shifted. People like mm-hmm. the the bigger teams can shift like pretty quickly. You know, they yeah. have the resources to like okay, how do we adjust for this inverter deck that Canister played in top eight, or this Lotus Breach deck that made top eight in Brussels, or this other Bant spirits deck that won. The RPT in uh, Nagoya,
1: like wasn't that when Soltai got?
2: Oh, it, it might have been Soltai. Yeah, Soltai was also popular in that topic in Europe because of uh, Joel Larson. And mm-hmm. speaking of which, like this was all pioneer. It was basically sort of a new format, and then like those two tournaments set the metagame for Phoenix because, like Phoenix being right after it, you know, obviously it's just going to be it's going to be like kind of a domino effect, you know?
0: Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if we get a similar dynamic from these regional championships. I know they're not going to all be on the same weekend because the coordinators get to like yeah. decide when they are and how they are. So certainly some deck lists are going to come out before some of these tournaments.
2: Well, and- it, it, it might be fun. Like you might be like, Oh, Chinese regionals is on. They tune in and they have no idea what the people are saying or like <laughs> what the cards, I mean, you might recognize pictures of the cards, of course, but like I, like you get my point. Sometimes I've tried to watch, like, Chinese TFT. It's way above my head because the terminology and jargon is very specific to games mm-hmm. rather than, like, daily conversational language. Like, it's just... Right, right, like, right. It, I, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I can get p- bits and pieces because, like, you know, obviously the the language structure really is the same. But it's just very funny, and I think there might be some more effect for those, like, foreign regional championships if they're covered in their native language, which would make sense to me personally
0: yeah although en- enough of the regions one of the regions is canada another of the regions okay, is sure. europe so we're gonna get like some english coverage for sure
1: and and i'm sure people will restream them right like the J- yeah, J- japanese sure. regionals is like prime to be restreamed. i'm sure oh, yeah
0: i
2: i was about to say um yeah, that's that's a, like a good thing to restream, like especially if you are fluent in Japanese and know the Japanese magic terms. I do not personally. I already told you that I don't. I don't really know like the magic Chinese terms either. I mean, I own cards, I can read them like for the most part, but I don't really know like how to talk about the game in conversation like I do in English. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm working on my Spanish, but I, I think I'm a long way off oh, from no. being able to really do much with what's being said on the uh, South America broadcast.
2: Well, fortunately, that one is probably going to work out better because it's probably going to be like a simultaneous English broadcast at least.
1: Yeah, maybe. And and Mexico's region too, right? You'd probably have better better luck with Mexico. Oh, their dialect's a little easier for you know, North Americans. <laughs>
0: well, I think the the main problem is that I can't keep up with a native speaker speaking Spanish. So <laughs> oh, because
2: they're just like rapid fire, like they're, they, their their like cadence is really fast, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and so then. Like the pronunciation is not the pronunciation that Duolingo uses because they're actually using oh, it no. as a tool to speak with each other. And it's easy for them to communicate when they speak quickly in a way that I just can't process yet.
1: Yeah. And there's like not contractions, but they're just like dropping of letters. Or... Yeah. s's <laughs> so really? Disappear oh,
0: Like like full. Yep. Yep. And you don't really go over those when you're just like learning the language. You have to actually be oh, no. speaking it with people to get it.
2: Right. Like that's, that's acquired from like, you spend like a year there and you talk with people every day Mm -hmm. and they're like, what, they'll be like, what are you talking about? I don't understand you. And then they like pronounce it. Then you realize what the difference is or whatever, you know?
0: Right. But of course we don't have to translate a broadcast in order to provide a good restream. You know, we put up the game, we can see the players names and we can talk about what's going on. Although I definitely, after watching some, amount of NRG coverage and some amount of you know guerrilla tournament coverage generally I definitely am feeling the effects of all of the versions of cards that have come out over (laughs) the past two years it is it is boggling cards come down that I just don't know
1: what they are It's so much easier for constructed and limited, though. If you ever try to watch the energy for limited, I am completely lost. (laughs) But the uh, like backpack streams for like modern or whatever—that's not that hard. Yeah, yeah. it's not terrible. Yeah,
2: yeah. I kept I kept all of my uh, cards in Chinese original printing, so at least (laughs) you would recognize my water graves or Pluto deltas or death shadows or even loris of the dream dream den. Rest in peace, cat.
0: Yeah, if you just play like a blue black land. In a different language, in in, in, you know, whatever language I don't understand, play a blue black like expedition land. If you just tell me what it is, I'll be like, oh yeah, of course that's the polluted delta
1: that you're claiming it is.
2: Hold on, aren't most expeditions all in English?
1: They're English or Japanese, I believe.
2: Oh, they're okay interesting that's or japanese yeah i knew that they weren't like german or chinese because i've never seen them on sale Mm -hmm. like that i thought it was actually only english but you know
1: and i could be thinking of like there's multiple printings of different kinds of expeditions i know that some of them are english japanese i don't know if all of them are
2: (laughs) i think maybe the original batch from like uh battle for zendikar or amonket or like cowadesh were english only
1: that would make sense sort of <laughs>
2: sort of it, it doesn't really also just like i vaguely remember i actually did open a Sol ring, but my seal deck was kind of awful so i went like three three <laughs> but like if, if you actually draw soaring in your opener i probably like had like plus 20 percent win rate you know or something oh of course you know, ridiculous
0: just play but any I... four drop on turn two I've and then i just like before
2: <laughs> I, I i i tilt sold it for 90 dollars, and i wish i hadn't now obviously by this point but yeah
0: never sell any magic the gathering card though is the rule and i don't know that that's a really tenable rule
2: that's actually not the correct rule but the correct rule is decide how much profit you want to walk in and then sell
0: right but like you're very likely to regret that at some point almost regardless of what amount of profit you've decided you're comfortable with
2: are you do you actually regret that if it's like your fifth or sixth copy of a card is it a dual land (laughs) i've i've recently done this and i haven't really regretted it because i kind of feel like there's a bubble on that stuff but we'll we'll see what happens it
0: does feel like there has to be a reserveless bubble like at some point that has to pop we talked about a bunch of these kind of like things we wanted to see and mostly got out of the system uh we talked about accessibility a little bit there don't seem to be any travel vouchers although probably like, maybe some local scenes will include that in the prizing for their regional championship qualifiers is a flight to the regional championship. Uh, obviously, that just ends up being subsidized by the other players in the area if, if that, like, it comes with a plane ticket when you win the qualifier, but could be a way of doing that but there are definitely no travel vouchers attached to like pro tour qualification it's just that they have right. folded those dollars into the pro tour like they did before yeah. when they got rid of the travel vouchers it's
2: hey, exactly I, I think basically what's going to happen if i had to guess is that there's a min prize of like 250 or 500 or maybe mm-hmm. even 750 it really depends on how they want the numbers to work out and obviously it'll scale like upwards either by record Or by standing, I kind of hate scaling it by standing, but you know they can do whatever they want. You know,
1: yeah, we don't know those details yet. Certainly, I Uh, I imagine there probably will be a min prize, like kind of a all right, you get there and then we'll kind of halfway reimburse you or whatever, just based on minimum prize.
0: Yeah, that's what they did. While the like mythic championship or the
1: spark kind of deal,
0: whatever the last paper tournaments were called, they had min prizes that were clearly the the travel vouchers folded into the pricing structure uh which is you know they never publicized like by the way like we have all these travel vouchers like that's part of the pricing of the per- it just like looked like the prizes were the amount of money there was way smaller than they were actually giving away so i like understand that decision yeah we don't Another accessibility thing: We don't know all of the digital components of the system yet. I suspect they will maintain a lot of the magic online yeah. qualification methods.
1: Agreed. They they actually said that if you want a showcase, you would. There is qualifications for worlds in those events now. Oh, sick!
2: Wow, really? that's
1: awesome. Yeah, it's like somewhere in the end of the article. I didn't even realize that.
2: Yeah, those have. Uh, I've played a lot of those, like Legacy and Vintage, mostly. I made, like, top eight to qualify for the qualifier and made top eight of, like, one of those, but it's really hard to win those because the field is always, like, self-selected for people who made top eight of, like, a really big tournament. Yes. So you don't really get that many free wins, so it's kind of difficult, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. They're oh. probably the hardest, like, match-by-match tournaments that there are, almost. Right.
1: Honestly, like, the, the showcases, the, the last step of the showcase and, like kind of worlds is how you get like density of good players kind of deal. Yeah. And not, not that I'm comparing the two directly, but you get what I'm saying.
0: Yes. Right. It's pretty cool though. I mean, so, you know, they have qualifications straight to worlds. I believe that they're, it's likely that they keep some sort of qualification system in place on magic online. Also magic online is indirectly getting like subsidized or focused on, because the first formats for uh, regionals and the first pro tour is pioneer and can't play that on arena. So you got to get your testing in on in person or on magic online.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think um, a lot of them have a lot of people have been spoiled by bad testing. It's actually kind of funny if you actually looked at the statistics broken down by how people qualified for each of the arena PTs. People who just qualified for the arena qualifiers had a really not very good win rate. Like, Yeah, we've talked about this. Oh, it's kind of funny because you just like... And then you think about the explanation, and the explanation is probably that they're probably doing the same thing to prepare, but that's not actually a good way to prepare for these tournaments.
0: Right, because it's a different structure completely from what they were doing on ladder. But now you're going to be forced to prepare on Magic Online or with a testing group, and yeah, that's a very different thing than they've been emphasizing. And I am excited to watch some pioneer and hopefully practice a bunch of hopefully get to practice a bunch of pioneer because i'm qualified for the regional championship but we'll we'll see how this season goes
2: just to clarify what you're saying i think the season starts july 2nd and runs until like september
0: 24th is what we have
2: the the formats that stores can run are standard modern pioneer or limited i would be shocked if most stores ever came close to running standard like that is, just, I, I would, I would actually just be like, what are you doing? Like right. no one, no one actually wants to play this format. Like it kind of got killed.
1: I think the pandemic has destroyed standard, especially since any paper events in local areas are almost always modern legacy, yeah, pi- like right. formats that don't rotate.
0: I mean, even yeah.
1: odds, th- there's like one-to-one odds
0: th- that I would give that every qualifier in our area is modern. Like it's very possible that that is what happens here.
2: I think in my area, it's likely to be a split between a uh, modern pioneer and probably less amount of limited, but I could see stores running that because they just want to sell like sealed product or whatever, you know,
0: we'll probably have one limited tournament in a season here or something. It might be one of our largest stores has their second one is a limited or something like that, but uh, sure. it's going to be a lot of modern, I believe because they know they can get a lot of players out to that
2: right modern is the most popular format still i think just you know because i mean legacy is definitely not it vintage is definitely not it pioneer could have been it but it's still i think now is its nascency is it's how got it's
1: it. got a shot now right like yeah i think you can start running pioneer events locally for qualifiers for this stuff and it will grow uh season to season essentially, right. i mean if as long as they keep it part of the right i would spectrum. love it
0: if like all of our stores were just like yeah it, it is pioneer season because the regional championship right. is pioneer so let's let you sure. play pioneer to qualify for it i would really appreciate getting to like focus hard on one format like that
2: it, it's kind of funny because i think my friend said when he played all the pioneer showcases within like the last 1.5 years most people were playing like decks that weren't very good because no one actually cared about the format mm-hmm. So so little work had been done But well, i think all of that's going to be weeded out real fast now like I think when the hive mind really focuses on it, the bad decks are just not going to survive after a week or two, really. Like, it's just... You're going to see rapid iteration, rapid evolution, you know. Maybe we'll just see a dominance of another blue-red deck in another format. Uh, The Phoenix decks is, like, de facto very good from what I can tell.
1: I, I actually think there is a lot of already boiling down the Pioneer metagame in uh Magic Online grinders. Right. There's a lot of people that I trust that they're basically like distilling the format down to a few decks and kind of cutting away with the nonsense mm-hmm.
2: it looks like a Zorius control with four narsets <laughs> and four wandering emperor and four to her and a yorion is a good deck so yeah, uh have fun control
1: on... is is messed up in pioneer we don't have to like go into pioneer right now <laughs> we will soon enough yeah
2: right I'm just upcoming
1: episode like the wandering emperor card is so cool so good <laughs>
2: Is it is it cool or is it well do you think it's, it's just still flexible. cool after like having seen it for like a month now?
0: I think it's cool. I don't hate playing against that card. Like I think it's a pretty well designed for for how powerful it is relative to most planeswalkers. I think it's a really well designed planeswalker.
1: I think if you forget she exists, you feel very stupid and get punished yes. <laughs> extraordinarily hard. But as right. long as you realize the card exists cuz you've played the format before, like, it's not that bad.
0: I do need my Kamigawa Neon Dynasty draft opponents to have <laughs> fewer Wandering Emperors. <laughs> but other than that, I don't have a problem with the card.
2: That's a, that's a tough one. It's
0: it's not easy. And you kind of, like, know it because it costs 4 mana and there aren't, aren't a lot of things that you can just, like, pass like on turn 4. Snaps. But, like,
2: yeah.
0: I just, I'm not... I'm even then like I'm not winning enough to winning by enough to like try to play around the wandering emperor by like never attacking or something like what, what, what do you it's draft what do you do it's a mythic rare anyways uh, as far as the like aspirational nature of the whole thing goes I think that certainly trying to qualify for the pro tour again that's good there's a, a big prize heavy world championship that you want to aim for so there are things to like dream about Uh, The one thing that you can't really dream about anymore is like being a platinum pro. So that's not really there. And I don't know exactly how the adjusted match point system is going to play out, how helpful it's going to be in keeping players uh, who are invested and performing reasonably well to keep them qualified. We'll just kind of have to watch how that plays out. I think.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's generally good, but obviously like, you know, it's gonna be tough when you're like, "Oh God, if I only had one, one more match." Now I'm like back to nothing, to square zero.
0: Right. Well, and it does make missing a pro tour feel like really, yeah. really bad. Like if you go to a pro tour, miss one, go to a pro tour after that, and it's like, "Boy, I just really, if I could have just picked up a couple of points in this pro tour that I right. didn't go to, then."
2: So uh, I, I basically think we're in the same situation as before, where. I think the actual difficulty, as was before, is qualifying for the first one is definitely the hardest part of all of this, like no question about it. I mean, I I feel like it's going to be hard for me, and I I would I've played a lot of these, but mm-hmm. I actually qualified through a lot of grand prix, so that avenues like kind of gone. Sure. Like it, it it I think it's like actually pretty difficult to win single elimination tournaments, um, or double elimination tournaments. I guess is a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess like winning a 32 or 30 person like single limb tournament then like top 48 like a 400 person tournament or however big it is that's actually not that bad but i think the first step is definitely harder than the second even if you account for like selection bias for those people being like relatively good yeah and
0: i don't know how big the regional championship is going to be and i'm not sure that anybody does yet right so we'll we'll see
2: There's always the idea that like some people just like decide that they don't want to go last second. So you'll like lose stragglers here and there, right? you you know, or I don't know.
0: So I do want to talk about the regional championship specifically. I listened to Cedric's podcast where he had a couple of the dream hack guys on to talk with him about it. And I just kind of want to talk a little bit about the way that it works. And some of my thoughts after hearing that wizards has. Effectively contracted out the running of the lower the, anything below the pro tour. So the regional tournament organizers run the regional championships, get to kind of set up the format for that event, and get to deal with stores running the regional championship qualifiers. Uh, and so none of that goes through wizards. So there's a kind of a weird little interaction here where if a store wants to run. An event in North America where DreamHack is the tournament or the regional championship organizer. All the WPN stores in the US, they need to go onto MTGMelee.com for some reason and register their store to run an event and then. DreamHack gets in touch with the store to make sure it's actually the store registering and not just some person, like, registering the name of the store. And then once they've verified that it is the WPN store running the event, then the store gets to pay them $50 to have the tournament kit sent to them. But the tournament kit seems to just be the promos that get handed out to players. So I'm not totally uh, understanding what the, like, $50, like fee that the store is paying and not that 50 bucks is a ton of money but it it does seem like a weird like middleman thing that's going on here where previously like that's not how stores had to like get a license to run a tournament
1: right yeah it's also like i i do not love mtg melee as a tournament software but to be fair there's just not really a good one one You don't have to run your tournament on MTG Melee
0: or anything. It's just like, this is the portal that you register. Because they specifically said, and then you can run your tournament with event link or however you want to run it. And then... Okay, now it makes even less sense to me somehow. Yes. All, all they're doing on Melee is like registering with DreamHack, registering that the tournament exists with DreamHack.
1: But DreamHack so. doesn't own MTG Melee, does it? It's just like a third-party site that they're using.
0: Yeah, that's why it's a little confusing to me.
1: I don't understand why they're
0: not like going through a DreamHack portal to register. Right. But
1: <laughs> well, like, what, is, what did MTG Melee offer everyone to like hub on their program or their website? I don't, I don't know. That That's a question for...
2: Brad.
0: Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean some things that were talked about on the podcast. And honestly like my bar is pretty low for the regional championship. All that I really care about is that it works, that like the tournament exists, it runs smoothly, they have good judges and the the players get to play and that the money gets handed out eventually. Like, those are my basic requirements, and if they're not exceeded, I don't even really care. Like, that's fine. (laughs) But what this is, is it's a little bit bigger because it happens at a DreamHack. And so if you qualify for this tournament, you get a pass to go to DreamHack with all the stuff that's going on around it. I don't know how tempting that, like, I don't know if that sweetens the deal very much at all for me, because I... Despite playing a lot of video games, I do not super identify as a gamer in the way that DreamHack type events like label and identify gamers. Uh, the phrase, I got to pull it up, the phrase gaming lifestyle event was used a few too many times on the really? podcast for me to wow. be comfortable. Because uh, a gaming lifestyle event sounds like one of the last places that I actually want to be
2: be
0: yeah. it has, it has a great yeah is a gaming game. lifestyle experience yeah oh, yes a gaming lifestyle experience just sounds a little bit hellish and taxing to me if, if I'm being totally honest and and you know like one of the things that they mentioned when like communicating what that was is like you know we have music we had dead mouse one time and it's just really tough to to get me excited to be in a building with Dead Mouse and also a CS:GO tournament <laughs> while I'm playing Magic the Gathering, like it's
1: I just yeah. Hold, hold on, is that
2: is that Dead Mouth Five?
1: It's Dead Mouth Five, yeah. Mm. See, the weird thing for DreamHack is I don't really know this. Sh- I've never been to a DreamHack. I don't know like, the structure of it. I don't know where they're gonna put all the Magic players. Is it gonna yeah. be like in its own little ballroom? Because then it doesn't really matter, right? You can just go next door and then do whatever you want. But if it's right. just in the middle of this big area, and you've got tournaments to your left and right, and there's always noise. That a is a laser
0: tag tournament running through. So the tournament. basically, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I actually have experience with this because PAX East, uh, the year that they launched like the freaking fog machine, like mythic, invitational thing. Yeah, I went to this uh, reeds plus one, and they're actually qualifier events. Like there was like a mini PPTQ PTU system within that event. So I just played the modern one first. I like, went five zero and I qualified. My seal deck wasn't great, so I like 0-3'd, so that kind of sucked, but uh, it was just in the middle of everything. It wasn't like actually a pleasant place to play Magic, really.
1: That's kind of what I'm afraid of.
2: Praxis is also like, I think, enormous. It might even be bigger than Dreamhack. I'm not not sure.
1: I I think it's significantly bigger
0: than Dreamhack. Yeah, Yeah,
2: okay. I, I did not enjoy it because I basically get a headache when there's too much noise or lights or whatever. So it was not that fun for me. Obviously, like there is something to be said about like energy and like you know these people playing freaking pick two decks best of one twice and just I'm like, okay, well, this format's aimlessly <laughs> that, that bad. That was a
0: weird era of Magic the Gathering.
2: <laughs> I think they did not um, whoever picked that. I think just like looked at things that they shouldn't have looked at. It didn't make any goddamn sense. It was like <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can still play a BO3. It doesn't take that long. You can just like I don't know. Just let them play their Esper control mirrors or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, fortunately, we are no longer in our esports era. Oh, sure. Uh, although, you know, DreamHack is an esports focused organization, which is why like to me this was a little bit of a surprising choice. But what they have done is that they run a lot of tournaments uh, at their convention. A lot of kind of similar concept tournaments to this. It's just they happen to be video games. But they have like longish qualifying seasons leading up to it. And then the like capstone events are the championship tournaments at the thing. So kind of similar. But I am wondering because one thing that was mentioned it's you know, it sounded like their estimate of the tournament size was that it would be like, relatively small because people have to qualify for it and i think they were like comparing it to gp size which i it probably will be smaller than a gp but i wonder if they're ready for like i given that every lgs can run a tournament that qualifies somebody for this like the tournament could be quite large potentially so i i don't know if they're totally ready for running a physical tabletop tournament that has judge calls and you know pairing problems and stuff like I, that
2: i i think they're gonna uh outsource that stuff to like judge academy yeah is my suspicion like judge, judge academy has all of the old judges in it even though it's like a second party organi- organization or, mm-hmm. or whatever i'm just sad that uh legacy is dead now like now, now you really cannot justify legacy being alive whatsoever. No, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, well, you can play it casually at your local stores. If your local store wants to run tournaments, but it lives on exact. through
1: magic online. You just have to play the qualifiers that qualify for this stuff Yeah, on magic online.
2: <laughs>
0: That's all you got.
2: Yeah. Them, I don't know. But
0: like, I mean, with paper play coming back, like eternal weekend could come back at least.
2: Sure. It's kind of weird. I think those those TOs don't really want to run it again, which is kind of, they didn't really get a lot out of it, I feel like. And honestly, I'm not going to name names, but I feel like some of those people are real luddites so they don't really want to improve how they run tournaments as well. So it's just kind of
1: mm-hmm.
2: not the most pleasant experience when it could be like slightly improved or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's one, and obviously this is not talking about Eternal because I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. there aren't going to be big legacy tournaments at any of these Dreamhacks or anything. But one thing that I am hopeful about is that, you know, Dreamhack as a tournament organizer is new blood. And they are bringing ideas and concepts to the table that probably would not have been in the minds of Star City Games or Channel Fireball or any of these tournament organizers that have done tournaments week in and week out and not really iterated on the magic tournament formula i don't know how much iteration there is to be done because at its core like a magic tournament is people sitting at a table across from each other have some vendors have some like cosplay have some artists and like you're doing pretty good and i don't know what you can actually add to that. And maybe that's just me being uncreative, but I I would be interested to see if they can come up with something new and something fresh on top of the formula. Uh, and they were also talking about, you know, because they're going to have coverage at the regional tournaments. I do hope that there is some iteration on magic coverage because, you know, we've seen what the established magic coverage looks like. And I think there's ways to do it that can be more entertaining now if you make it a full like e-sports coverage broadcast and make make everything super kinetic then I think you may lose a lot of what makes Magic the Gathering like my favorite thing so there's definitely a tightrope to walk at least if you're gonna keep me, CCR interested I do fear change to some extent but I am excited Mm -hmm. to see what can happen if we get some new people involved in this thing
1: And who knows, maybe you'll like playing Magic in the middle of the laser tag arena.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I won't. I also don't think he would.
1: Oh no, I just like the image. Ever since you said laser tag, it's been in my head.
0: (laughs) I'm just picturing like dead mouse in the middle of the tournament hall. Like all the tables of people like trying to play Pioneer around him. Yeah, strobe lights going.
2: (laughs) Did you know that two years ago around this time, they sunsetted the PWP site?
0: oh yeah i forgot about planeswalker points
1: did you know well, that planeswalker points was introduced on my birthday uh however many years ago it was introduced like
0: 2012
2: or 2013 or yeah. whatever
1: that yeah it had to have been 2011 right because pro tour dark ascension was the the play the as many tournaments as you for. possibly can yeah and that get came those, out early 2012.
0: get those three FMs per week in you better yeah, not
2: that's...
1: stop playing <laughs>
2: It's funny because for that, like that Hawaii PT, I just like spiked a limited PTQ at PT Philadelphia. So I didn't even have to bother with that. (laughs) But I imagine I would have like absolutely loathed it to like play like an event every day for like, Oh yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think anybody who did that
0: enjoyed the experience.
2: (laughs) I think some weird people do, but it's very, very rare if I had to get
0: one little thing that I wanted to point out because it's funny to me is in the announcement as far as like things to keep up on it you know there was the announcement and they said pay attention we'll have our stream and we'll also be manning the at play mtg twitter account answering yeah. as many questions <laughs> as we can and then if you go into the tweets and replies they answer one single question and <laughs> that's the only question they've answered since the announcement uh sandy dog also said like mentioned it's kind of a bummer because it feels like this is much less accessible to me I agree. Uh, and they yep. did not answer his question they just said that information on digital aspects to the system will be forthcoming at a later date so they've manned the play MTG twitter account and answered approximately 1.5 questions cool yeah i mean wizards of the coast baby
2: <laughs> the interns asleep on the job
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe nobody had any questions. Maybe nobody tagged them in a single question on Twitter.
2: Hmm, interesting.
0: How can you answer questions if everybody is totally satisfied and doesn't need any more information at all? Speaking of that, what questions do we have now? What, uh, is there anything that you guys are wondering about this system that you're hoping to get answered at some point in the future?
1: Where are the tournaments?
0: Ah, good question.
2: And how how can you look them up?
0: So I, I do actually know an answer to that question, which is that they should be there should be a, a, a widget of some sort for finding regional championship qualifiers on the DreamHack site. And they said that they would try to work with Wizards to get it on their tournament locator as well. But uh, that's one of the more miserable websites that I've ever attempted to use. So I, I don't really care if they get them on there.
1: I when you started that sentence, I thought for sure you realize going to MTG Melee. oh man it might be mtg melee
2: oh god that would be a really good response and also like kind of accurate oh my god
0: yeah i mean i just i'm happy there's certainly questions about this and i'm my default mode is to be critical of things but i can't pretend i'm not pumped i can't pretend i'm not going to go to as many ptq as many what rcqs around here i i'm willing to change my terminology to R- rcq i'll i'll you know out of respect for how much i like the system i'll use the abbreviation that's appropriate right. uh so i i'm gonna go to as many rcqs as i can around here and play in my stores and hope to spike and if i don't qualify i'm still gonna go to atlanta in november because i i want to see this and i want to like check it out and be a part of it. So, I, I feel like they got me with this with this one.
2: Just when you thought you were out after two and a <laughs> half years, they they get you right back in, just like pow, right in the kisser.
1: Yep. I mean, I was planning on going to the events anyway. Probably, mm-hmm. I, I probably wasn't gonna lock into Atlanta without qualifying. <laughs> but now the stakes have been raised. I guess.
0: Well, I mean, there's LCQs, and yeah. there's also just. Like there's more tournaments going on and I really want to see in person what they do with this event I'm prepared to like, not be super hype about most of it, but I do want to see the beginning of like this new era of competitive magic. So
2: I'm I'm cautiously optimistic is my overall take on it Mm -hmm. until I have reason not to be cautiously optimistic, then I will retract. But I think for now they like basically did about as good of a job as they could, from my standpoint, without like literally returning to like 2018 or whatever, you know.
0: Well, they also could at the bottom of the announcement say, "Oh, and Jarvis U is qualified for the first X Pro Tour." Yeah. Killers. So. Yeah.
2: Why didn't that happen? I- ridiculous. I had to play a freaking arena event that. One of my opponents could not connect because their router was broken, and they just gave him a match loss. That's what—that's part of my rant about it. It was Zach Keeney, and I'm just like, this matchup is bad because like I could see the deck was. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably gonna lose, and he couldn't connect, and the admins are like, just take your win. I'm like, all right, I guess. <sighs>
1: it's the equivalent of uh, your just opponent not showing up to the first round or whatever. Yeah,
2: or they lost their deck or whatever. You know, yeah. take take your paper equivalent
1: analogy you know yeah that's true
0: it's hard to lose your deck when you're playing on arena so (laughs) it's
2: it's not that hard to not be able to well it's not that hard to not be able to reconnect that is the counterpoint
0: yes you usually can connect in in real life yes very few crashes in person too
1: sounds like the the great start to uh ccr's new dating site easy to connect no crashes <laughs>
2: don't you know why a uh, fog exists rl it's so the frame rate of the real world doesn't suck
0: yeah yeah sometimes we have to just stop rendering parts of things cuz it's just exactly. too much going on
2: it will crash the reality we don't want will...
0: that the simulation must continue
2: well what's the phrase from matrix 4 um trans
1: there's a fourth matrix
2: yeah
0: yeah, I'm not gonna remember any of. I I watched it, but I'm not gonna remember there, any of the there's lines. There's some from like the ridiculous.
2: There's some ridiculous phrase where they comment on reality with like some long jargony term, and I don't remember what it is anymore. Well, a so, uh, gaming apologies. lifestyle experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> reality, oh, I, reality, really is at its core a gaming lifestyle experience.
2: <laughs> I, I I have a good one. I think. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, literally a criminally underrated di master ringer
1: oh no not that phrase we're not bringing that back that's that's so burmer no one no none of our audience is going to get that at all no absolutely not
2: oh wait wait are you sure
1: no i'm not sure
2: in a day or two we'll see what the results are in the discord you have to tell me you have to
1: yeah i will but
0: i mean if anybody does get it you can you can comment and we'll give you a jarvis related prize of some sort
2: yeah an invite to the first pro tour right (laughs) that's my prize
0: (laughs) You're working all the angles here. If I had such a power, I would grant you an invite. But for some If reason... I had such
2: a power, I would grant both you and Lee it wow. as well.
0: Such a Ooh. giving mood we've cultivated here on the even show. Though,
2: even though it seems like Lee doesn't really care, so <laughs> no,
1: maybe I want he'll to just earn donate. Invite. I want to play the tournaments. I don't want the invite. Well, I mean, the invite would be nice, but it's like part of the, part of the yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I care about.
2: Unrelated related, what did you think of the Brian Gottlieb article about selling... Protra invites for the other game.
1: So, (laughs) uh, have you read this this year?
0: Uh, I started reading it, but I think it was on my phone at work, and then I had a thing to do, and then I never came back to it. So, (laughs) I didn't get to the magic point in the article where everybody became convinced by it. So, whatever whatever spot that was, I didn't quite reach it.
1: Yeah, so the premise of this article, for anyone who didn't read it, is that uh, Flesh and Blood has a system where you can basically sell your invite to someone else or give your invite to someone else but the like there's, real there's no restriction
0: is. against somebody giving you money and you giving them an invite yeah right
1: you can basically sell your invite to the rotor and uh, i i was i came into the article at the point where you know this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard kind of deal like why would you do that and then it, by the end of the article i had hit the magic point that ccr uh-huh. was talking about where i'm like yeah just let people sell their their invites that's fine who cares yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, it honestly doesn't matter a whole bunch. Because the only people who are going to buy these invites are people who... I mean, you can read the article if you want to. Like, yeah. it's, It goes into it way more eloquently than I can on this podcast. But I do agree with it. I, I like it for what he was talking about in Flesh of Blood. I don't know how that would work in Magic. I assume the same way, but I can't imagine Wizards ever doing anything like that. Because their legal team is so... Conservative in really weird risk ways. Risk averse, yeah. e- extremely risk averse.
0: Yeah, there's so, and I I don't know exactly what he goes into in the article, but the one thing that I think is really important as relating to magic is it does not make sense that you can't like scoop for a prize in the tournament, but if you like know the magic language for like split <laughs> yeah. and 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 drop or what you know if you know the magic yeah. way of doing it without accidentally saying any of the words that get you dci banned, uh then you can pretty much do whatever so here's uh, a fun and that, story that like we have to do everything under the table system is worse than any of the yeah you can do what you want because like people are going to do the things
1: there was a local uh i don't remember if it was a ptq or it was like an iq or something like that But someone who got into the top eight and was newer to tournament magic uh, just, like, straight up asked his opponents, hey, do you want to concede me and I'll just give you some money? Just straight up. And everyone (laughs) was like, what did you just say? Oh, my God. You can't do that. And the judge was like, ooh, I'm going to be nice. You're going to have to phrase that better. (laughs) And and like everyone's just trying to coach him how to say the exact same thing he just said but mm-hmm. in like judge friendly terms and it was so ridiculous yeah
0: it's really stupid and and it was it's bad at every level too because i know i like have a story of you know what we were talking about with the the pro club level things so uh someone i know was asked to concede late in a pro tour There was some amount of understanding, but his opponent couldn't come out and say, like, this is worth this amount of money to me. I will make it worth your time to concede, which is what would have happened. Like, they just would have, after the fact, come up and given him some money or whatever. I I don't know that clear communication would necessarily have changed it, but it does lend a level of, like, weirdness to the whole thing. And maybe he didn't know exactly what was at stake for the other guy. It was late in a pro tour, and he was just like, no, I don't think i'm going to do that and he didn't and he won the match and then minutes later was told by a name that was the worst decision you've ever made or something like that it was like like really weird and really nasty and it was just because like the way that this functions just sucks that was the biggest mistake of your life or something like that it was like real gross
1: it's just go go out and read godlip's article if you haven't it's it's got some good arguments in it but it's another again a thing i don't really ever imagine wizards doing because they're they don't. Like ch-
0: it takes forever to change any of their like ways, and this yeah. is one that they don't have any particular incentive to change, except to like make the player experience better in an almost invisible way to a lot of people, and that's not good enough to get them to actually do it. Any closing thoughts on the new system? Things that you're hoping to see? Things that you're concerned about? Anything that you've been thinking?
1: I have a slight concern about how tournaments are run now with the event tools tos have access to Mm -hmm. because uh now the dci numbers are gone and there's a new tournament program and there's also like a companion app Mm -hmm. Uh, in case you haven't played paper or anything you're not aware the companion app is like, what Wizards pushes it's stores to bad. use to run tournaments through. It's very but bad. it is worse than the companion mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you had that one
0: in the holster, huh? You had that one ready to go.
1: I've said that for a long time. That's, Fair enough. Yeah, that, that, that was ready, you know? It, it's It's really, really bad.
0: It is really bad. And the other thing is, since they have decoupled... The judge program, and now the judge program is an independent entity, they don't seem to believe they can, like, require judges at stuff, which I think is really weird because you totally could require Uh, someone use a judge academy. Like, that's a normal thing. They don't have to be part of your organization to require that contractually. But they don't require uh, RCQ tournaments to have a judge running them. So you can have these comp REL tournaments effectively and no judge there which i think is a recipe for disaster and hopefully no stores choose to go that route
1: i think the premium stores the ones that get two events are likely to always have a judge Mm -hmm. and it gets riskier the with the one and done kind of stores
2: i'm kind of just imagining showing up to like a store in like rural virginia and like there's no judge there and i like just get terrible rollings that i know are wrong but i can't do anything about it
1: well, the trick is to just be way more confident in what you're saying. Because <laughs> I have played those events in rural Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. It's just, it's all a confidence game, Jarvis. I
2: see. Wait, confidence uh, that's not as what in, confidence like, like, con? game means, or hold on, is it? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Co- confidence as in con, or confidence as in confidence?
1: No, I meant actual confidence, but. <laughs>
0: But either one would serve you pretty well in that situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't cheat, by the way, guys.
2: Yeah, don't cheat. Yeah,
0: no, don't cheat. And this isn't a, like, don't proxy your cards, wink, wink. Like, proxy your cards and don't cheat. Those are all <laughs>
2: well, those are things we actually prox- believe. Hold on. Don't proxy your cards for actual tournaments because if you know you get an injection
0: yeah i mean honestly i am for i am pro people using counterfeit cards in tournaments but uh i'm not pro those people getting caught using counterfeit cards in tournaments so i wouldn't recommend it to my listeners
2: right i think i remember <laughs> uh danny jessup once had a uh what, what should we call it once had a uh counterfeit he didn't know about it mm-hmm. and they still like gl'd him or something weird like that at some SEG. I'm just like, that's super weird. Normally, if you don't know about it, it's like kind of okay. You're just like forced to go buy one or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the system was. I do remember another player was like ban- like banned from SEG tournaments for a minute until they like undid it. That was weird too. I don't know how we got here, really, but. <laughs>
2: we're just rambling about old things oh can we talk about that lava spike art real quick oh yeah the
0: lava spike art that's already on a lava spike that i have 20 of
2: it's from ultimate masters i'm just like why did we we, why did we reuse this one instead of like the old border times power one that people love
1: or new art like i don't wait i actually really like the comic of art i'm oh yeah a new art would be ideal it's a it's a promo
0: and you're Sending 32 of them to every store. Like, just get a
1: new art for it. Oh, the Time Story one is the comic art. Okay. I didn't realize that.
2: Well, what about Nycthas? How, how do you all feel about the Nycthas art?
1: Uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I actually think Nycthas is a good choice because it's really good in Pioneer, and it only has one printing, and it's pretty expensive. Though, so if memory serves, I don't actually know for sure. So that one's, that like, fine. Be... I don't really have any yeah. opinion of the quality of the art because i'm probably a little biased by just hating the card
2: <laughs> i would not be surprised if it was expensive it's probably expensive because of because the reason all magic cards are expensive which is commander yeah
1: that's fair man <laughs> if they would have given us a commander lava spike well you know oh I mean. like a, a promo that's good in edh that isn't lava spike <laughs>
2: You mean, like, red deal 3 to each of all your opponents? Maybe, like, red deal (laughs) 3 to
1: target uh, any target for just a red mana. Maybe an instant.
2: I don't know.
0: We have had a decent number of Lightning Bolt promos over the years.
1: Yeah, but they're still good. A a Rhystic Study promo, perhaps?
2: Sure. Fair
1: enough. Just want them to break the bank and EDH formats, I guess. Mm -hmm.
2: It sounds like we're kind of wrapping up. Before, if we are just before, talking about nonsense well, now yeah well before we go gun to your head you have a pioneer pptq what do you play and why
1: is it like tomorrow yes i would play the mardu Greasefang deck <laughs> because uh, i don't think people have like adjusted to it yet it's like kind of new
2: I, I feel like the Moto Phoenix people have, but that's because they play a bunch of fiery impulses, which is obviously
1: yeah, a like a, a million rubles Spell deck because they don't really, they're not adjusting for it specifically. I mean, that would be like the deck I would play.
2: All right, how about you, CCR?
0: Uh, I mean, I would just play Phoenix, both because it is constructed in the cabinet behind me, and also because I think <laughs> it's really good, and I. Know how to play Pioneer Phoenix against the control decks generally, and I think that's a good spot to be in. So,
2: okay, how many uh temporal trespass and galvanic iteration are in your deck?
0: I think I'm on two temporal trespass because I think that card's sick.
2: Okay, I think most people have two, it's like kind of split all over the place, like by this point. Yeah, um, I've i guess seen people
1: try to like entirely to play a bunch of temporal trespass as well.
2: I think that's not right, I agree, but I have seen it. <laughs> I think if I were to play, I would probably play Phoenix or Azorius or four CSNC. C's, so I guess that's cheating. I guess I would choose Azorius. I choose Dorian one of the is... three you've, best decks. You've already
1: taken a bullet. <laughs> the the whoever is holding your your gun to the head at this point did not, not like that, your answer.
2: <laughs> Fortunately, they don't know that I have bullet motion like uh, like the Matrix. I can read. Well, like the Matrix One. <laughs>
1: Oh, sorry, what was your He's, answer? like, you like not Ascendancy?
0: that great at dodging bullets in the Matrix 1, though. I think you want, like, yeah. s- some later iteration.
2: Uh, my, my three choices were Ascendancy, Phoenix, or uh, Zorius, Yorian. And I probably would play Zorius, Yorion because it looks kind of... It kind of looks sick, actually.
1: I actually mm-hmm. think Blue-White's the best deck
0: I right now. Sure. I, I think that's probably true. But I'm much more comfortable playing Phoenix against Blue-White Control than playing Blue-White Control against either Phoenix or... The mirror so i would choose phoenix
1: i also in like another week i would probably play uh lotus field but it's mm-hmm, just that it's right. been doing well recently so people have a bunch of like damping spheres and stuff and there's like bored. i don't want to deal with that <laughs> um the
2: the the deck actually got poseju which is kind of a big deal because it's like yeah, it's a free really way yeah it i think just because it already plays four sylvan's crying just the first poseju just adds utility in that way and it's free did you see that people started playing Sphinx with the Final Word in their sideboard?
1: Yeah, like two of them. To... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. And there was one person who had... I think they did well at a challenge. I saw a deck list that was like two Sphinx of the Final Word in their sideboard, four Maze Mind Tomes, and Uh-oh. some other blue anti-blue-eye control stuff. And I'm like, wow, this person probably should play a different deck. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Anyways, uh, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, I hope you all... Have no card availability issues. I kind of think there's going to be an enormous spike in Pioneer cards. It probably is already happening. You know,
1: I don't think it'll be too extreme. Like you may really? get it for some of the obscure uh, played mythics that have been in print for a while, like Temporal Trespass. Right. But I think for most of the cards, it's already they've already hit their like ceiling.
0: And, and the thing is, it's not Pioneer PTQ season. It's just that the regionals and the Pro Tour are are pioneer so that's a little different
2: fortunately i have all of the modern cards pretty much so i don't have to worry about that Mm -hmm. and if someone wants to run standard i will simply just not show up or beg an lgs (laughs) to lend me a deck (laughs) well one of the two
0: i don't know that you have to worry about that honestly it is 2022 well thank you guys jarvis thank you for hanging out definitely appreciate your input on this one yep Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us online, we are all on social media and doing various things. You can find me at CCR underscore Grindcast. Uh, Lee is also on Twitter.
1: I'm at LeeMcLeo.
0: Jarvis, where should people look for you?
2: They can find me on Twitter at JKYU06 and on Twitch at JarvisU. And I'm just hoping for Pro Tour number 23 for me. Yeah, yeah. We're,
0: all, we're all hoping for that for you.
2: 22 is such a large number to not have any good finishes, that's all I'm <laughs> going to say. It's like, it's like the straw on the back of my back, it's it's kind of breaking me, but I'm not broken yet.
0: Well, obviously not if you're about to start playing qualifiers for the next Pro Tour. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> Some people live their whole careers without even seeing a Pro Tour.
2: I need a competitive outlet, I guess, Fame and I'm recognition. glad it's back.
0: There's like 7 billion people in the world, and almost 7 billion of them have never played in a Pro Tour. Wow, is
2: that is that how nearly for nearly 100 percent
0: of people have never played in a pro tour? Like
2: all very close to 100
0: percent of people. All right,
2: all right. I
0: think your scale is a little too big. I'm just working with the scale they gave me. The god entire world (laughs) (laughs) on a on a galactic scale too. Like you're really really special there.
2: Well, we don't know if there are aliens or not. Is that... There's no proof. The galaxy's so big. It's got to yeah, be. But we haven't seen any of them yet. What's the theory? That's that's a that's a just that's a topic for another episode <laughs> where we ramble about does ex- extraterrestrial life exist or not and can we run SETI at home on our computers instead of uh bit bitcoin miners?
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I think we should do anything. In lieu of doing Bitcoin miners on our computers, I think that would be a a great use of time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate everybody listening. Really appreciate you guys hanging out. And everybody, have a great
2: week. Goodbye. Bye.